eBay Motors es tu socio seguro. Con trabajo, piezas nuevas y mucha pasión, transformaste una carrocería oxidada con 100,000 millas en un vehículo totalmente singular. Juegos de frenos, faros, lo que necesites, eBay Motors lo tiene. Con Guaranteed Fit de eBay, te aseguras que la pieza le quede a tu carro a la primera o se te devuelve tu dinero. Y a estos precios, ¿qué más llantas sino dinero? Mantén vivo ese espíritu de Ride or Die, baby, en eBay Motors. eBayMotors.com Solo para artículos elegibles. Se aplican en Ford creemos que ya sea que estés bajo el foco de atención o bajo tu propio techo, que tengas 90 minutos o 9 horas, que estés empezando cambios o un largo viaje, fortaleza es hacer todo, como si el mundo entero te estuviera mirando. Presentamos la nueva Ford F-150 2024. Fuerza así de inteligente, solo puede ser F-150. Construida con orgullo Ford. Fuerza Ford. My name is Ambra Gutierrez, and I was sexually assaulted. I felt like I was going crazy. No one believed me, and people pointed at me. I couldn't believe this was happening. I was forced into exile, and it forever changed my life. But now I'm back, and stronger than ever. I know I did the right thing, and now I feel safe. I also know that I'm not the only one, and there are more stories that need to be told. I'm ready to help others speak out, to share their experiences, and help them feel empowered. They need to know they're not alone. I invite you to be part of this movement in our words. With me, your host, Ambra Gutierrez. Subscribe, share, and help us speak out. Hi everyone, this is Amber Gutierrez and this is the first episode of In Our Words. I'm here sitting with the beautiful Daphne oh. and we're just going to speak a little bit about me, I guess. Yes, you're right, Ambra. Um, hello, everyone. Thank you so much for being with us in this first episode of In Our Words. Uh, you just heard your host, Ambra Batilana Gutierrez. She's going to be with you in each episode in this first season. I am your producer, Daphne Wegebe. Y well, today, what I want the audience to do is to hear a little bit about yourself. I want them to know who is Ambra Batilana Gutierrez, what is your background, what are the things that you've been through, and I think this is important because we're going to be in powering individuals, the people that are listening to us in this moment, they're going to be able to share their experiences and hear and feel empowered when they hear the guests and say, you know what? I feel identified with this story. So if they went through this, I can as well. So I'm just going to give a little preview about Ambra. She is back and is stronger than ever, literally. But Ambra has had not an easy life. Let's be honest with this. And this is not bad because you feel empowered and you feel like, you know what? I am stronger and now I can help others, which I think is one of the main reasons why we're here right now, because you wanted to do this podcast uh, to empower others. So I just want to tell you that I'm very happy happy to be producing your podcast. I'm very happy to be working with you. You're admirable. I really, really admire you. And so just to give you a little preview, just so that you know a little bit of the things that we're going to be talking today. Ambra was accused of prostitution back in 2010. These obviously were just lies, but you can only imagine how an 18-year-old woman, she was just 18 back then, uh, had to go through these accusations, right? When she was just starting her career as a fashion model. Then your dad left, he left you and your family. You didn't have 
uh, money to afford your house and everything like that. And then she came here to start over in New York and everything was awesome. And then she was sexually assaulted. So that's a little bit of Ambra Gutierrez and now how after all that, she's just like I said before, empowered, more empowered than ever. So how about we start a little bit, Ambra, with what happened back in Italy in 2010? Tell us a little bit, how is this that they accuse you of prostitution? How did this start? Yeah, my father left when I was 14 years old. So from there, then I started my 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 job as a model. I started to do it to also support my family, to help my mom and my brother. And yeah, I was um, accused of prostitution when I was 18. Uh, and it all happened um, after I started uh, a beauty contest that was beauty, uh, Miss Italy. And, um, and suddenly in the same time, in the meantime, it happened that the agent that was following me for, on these steps of, of the contest wasn't that good as a person. So... Um, he um, was trying to like get, um, probably for what I can say right now, some of the girls of the contest to bring to to the ex prime minister of Italy. So at the time it happened that at the last selection that I had for the uh, Miss Italy, there was. Uh, the aria, like the, the contest of the aria where I'm from, the Piemonte in Italy, in the Northwest, um, the, the day that I won the, the, selection, uh, the selection title, he invited me to a party to celebrate this thing. And uh, he asked also another girl that was doing the contest, Chiara Danese, to, to come. And uh, I have to say also that the day before we had a casting for a TV program in Italy that was very, very famous for the weather. Like as a weather girls, they have these sort of things where uh, they have two girls saying the weather after this huge TV news uh, channel that we had back then. So after the casting, we met this person, Emilio Fede, that was a super famous journalist uh, back then. So the day after I was saying that we had the selection and then when I won the, the title, he invited us to, to, to this party. We didn't know where, we only knew that there was this TV guy and that we met the day before and we were with, with him, with this Daniela, this agent. So I felt like, okay, whatever, we just go, maybe it's gonna be like dinner or something. And uh, it's like a work dinner at the end. So we accepted and we ended up in the house in a huge mansion uh, where this Daniele didn't even want to get in. He said like, girls, I'm coming back in a little bit. I'm just going to get another friend that um, he was saying was going to get with the car and come back. So he left us with this guy, Emilio Fede that I have to say, he at the time already, that was um, 2010, 80 years ago. Mm -hmm. So he was already 80. Right now he's 88. Wow, so yeah. I thought he was like, fine, it's like my grandfather. You didn't think he was a yeah, nice person, whatever. I, yeah. I would not feel uncomfortable. He was there and whatever. I wouldn't even, I don't know. I mean, we were two young women that if ever we wanted to like, you know, escape or stuff like that, we could have done it. So um, 
we were there and we got in the house. Uh, it was interesting, like a very huge mansion with a lot of like nice old pictures, like a museum. So from the entrance, we passed through the house to the, um, the garden part. Okay. And there were other two old ladies, like around 60 years old. And uh, we just sat there. So I felt comfortable. I mean, I thought, I mean, it would have been like a boring party. It was there and just talking about me and what I wanted to do. So I was with my friend and we were waiting for this Daniele. The waiter came out and asked us to get in to, to have dinner. And um, yeah, I remember the guy pushing, like telling me to go in the house first. I was uh, thinking, why? I mean, why want me to go first in, in there? It's, it's weird, has a question. At one point I saw this, this man in front of me with two ashtray with some rings in it. Like jewelry? Yeah, jewels. Okay. Not not mm, like nice one, like almost like toys, you know, oh, like okay. big flowers and stuff like oh. that. And then he started like asking me questions. And at first I thought I couldn't believe if it was him or not. Mm-hmm. And I was like watching, observing and listening carefully for him asking me questions like, who are you? What, what's your name? And asking also my friend. And then at one point, I realized that he was the ex-prime minister of Italy. That he was like asking me who I was and how old I was and and to my other friend too. And yeah, because this TV journalist was working for his TV channels. He owns half of the TV channels in Italy. So after I realized that he was him because... Yeah. I don't know, at first he sounds different, he looked different, so I was kind of like confused. So you feel like when he started asking your age and things like that, you felt a different vibe? Yeah, it was awkward, okay. but everything lasted for like few minutes because in that room started to get in like 10 to 15 girls going to him and saying like oh papi how are you and kissing him one after the other and I was like wow <laughs> what's happening weird. right now I mean um, yeah I was kind of like not scared but like curious about what was happening and in the same time I would not expect that I was like surprised and everybody then went to the dining area we sat at the table and we were kind of not freaking out, but like trying to write Daniela more and more like, where are you? Come back here, you know, like something weird <laughs> is happening. But in the same time, I felt okay because uh, I, as I was saying, the TV journalist was telling me things like um, commenting on what was happening, like oh, you know, those girls, you know, the girls sitting close to you. While we were sitting at the table, he was telling me, these girls flew from Naples tonight. They're like getting paid a lot of money. And uh, those girls, you know, like that girl, kind of like he was almost somebody I could have felt protected by, you know, because he was there like telling me what was happening. And then, yeah, no worries, just have dinner, you know, like. Most of the thing that I can say is that those girls were all working on TV channels in Italy. 
you know, I was worried about it. I remember the uh, Berlusconi asking us questions about our age, what we wanted to do with our lives. <clears throat> and um, Let's just remind the audience, Berlusconi is the prime minister, the one that you were saying is the one that owns all media in, in, in Italy, and also the one that these girls were kissing and calling He Papi. was <laughs> the prime minister, yeah, for 20 years in Italy. So he really molded Italy for what it is right now, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> There was him also telling some jokes about some sexual jokes about like women, guys, gay people. And then at the end, he, s he said something like, girls, are you ready for the bunga bunga? And the girls started to like scream, yes, let's go, let's go. And also during the dinner, there was this kind of uh, feeling of them adulating him like singing songs to him dancing for him yeah everybody after this bunga bunga joke left and went somewhere else so what's the bunga bunga the bunga bunga right now i can say that i i discovered is this party that they have i don't know how many times a, a month or a week or whatever they get jobs from mm -hmm. him and tv channels that probably please him with whatever he wants. So after the dinner, it was that we watched around the house. He wanted to show us the house. And we ended up uh, going downstairs where probably was the wine cellar before. And this place was changed as um, a nightclub. And there was also a pole for the pole dance. Mm. Well, we at the end saw the girls starting to dance and they were dancing like uh, with very sensual dances and and one of them even did like a striptease with the pole then after when when the trial started i saw that she was working in a politic position in his party at the time oh, okay. she was uh, nicole minetti yeah at one point they were playing also with this priapo statue it's like yeah, a figure of fertility for men okay so it's like a doll that has the proportion of his penis much bigger than the, the size of the doll mm -hmm. and this girl were like playing with it passing it around and there was one of the girls that uh, was performing like a fake oral sex or something and the guy even told me um the Emilio Fede was telling me, oh, you see that girl, she's doing that, you know. That girl, anyway, she doesn't even like guys. She's that just doing to please. He was commenting all of these things. Anyway, at one point when there was the strip, strip tease of this, this lady, the same girl, the, the girl that doesn't like guys, came to me and my friend and started to pull us from the sofas because we were sitting there and was telling us, oh, you know, girls, if you get noticed, you can have a huge career. So just stand up and dance. And I was like, no, I'm sorry. I didn't want to do anything. And uh, she started to like really pull. And from there, I really felt annoyed. Uh, got really, really pissed. And I stopped her and I just took my friend and went to this TV guy and said, I'm sorry, we have to wake up very early tomorrow, so we wanted to leave right now. He answered, well, girls, 
what you think you can do on this beauty queen contest if the people that decide everything is here and I was like okay well I don't care but I want to leave yeah it's kind of like they trading has with if we left we would not do anything with our careers yeah because uh, let's remember the audience you had to wake up tomorrow the next day because it was a final right for exactly yes so he was basically threatening you guys that the people that were deciding on the contest and i guess in general if you wanted to be in the media or you know in this entertainment business if you leave you weren't going to be able to do anything so that was just just from from the beginning horrible Yeah, well, I was going to decide something that was my safety or my career. And of <laughs> course, I would have chosen my safety. And I was with my friend as well. I felt always a little bit like mm, responsible for her anyway, because she was with me. Yeah. So anyway, we, I took my friend and we just left. And uh, we ran up the stairs, we went to the courtyard where the car left us. And suddenly we were there thinking, what, what, what are we going to do? Like, Danielle is not answering. We are here in the middle of nowhere. I don't know where we are. We drove like one hour from the contest par uh, place to where he dropped us. Yeah, at one point the TV journalist came to us and uh, said, girls, wait wait one second come here i have to tell you something and he starts saying stuff like oh you did amazing you did amazing on acting that way you were ladies you're not like those whores there uh, trying to impress him and do whatever he says and for sure you're gonna have a huge amazing career at first i was a little bit i don't know weird out about it But then he said, oh, I'm going to drive you to Daniela. Don't worry, I'm going to drive you. I'm going to get my driver and going to get you there. So I just decided to believe whatever he said or even like whatever. It was so late. We were there for maybe two, three hours. He got us in the car and he kept on telling us those things. And I was like, okay, well, he drove us to Daniela. So went home, slept for five hours probably, and then I had to get up and go to the bus place that was going to take me to Salso Maggiore, to the city where the final of Miss Italy was happening. I remember another thing that I didn't say before, one other girl that was in the contest, uh, Roberta, Roberta Bonazia. She was in the contest, and suddenly we saw her in that party as well. Oh, okay. So we were, me and my friend Chiara were so surprised. When we saw her, we said, like, what are you doing here? And she also asked, what are you doing here? And we were like, okay, well, I don't know. We were all here, and she felt, I, I felt she was there, like, many times because she was more comfortable and she was doing what the other girls were doing as well and yeah well when we got to Salsa Maggiore we get off from the bus and me and my friend saw this girl arriving in a, uh, one of those cars from the government like black car I don't know how you call it Roberta yeah this Roberta okay. like those uh, bulletproof car oh okay okay 
yeah, so she got there with this car, acting very bossy, and she came to us and said, yeah, remember girls? Don't say anything about yesterday, right? And we were like, what do you want from us? <laughs> we, we never ever even talk about what happened yesterday. <clears throat> Who would believe us anyway? So we got our rooms. I was with Chiara, and uh, Chiara didn't have the final selection. She just won one of the pre-selection. So in one week from that day, they would choose the 60 finalists uh, from the 600 people that were there, the 600 uh, um, contestants. So we were in, in one week there, and everything happened as... The TV journalist said, like, there were in people ca coming to interview me and Chiara. So I was thinking that everything he said was real. I was believing it. Like, I saw things coming our way, and probably I was thinking that that would be something nice. I mean, for, for my career or whatever. I act good. I didn't do nothing bad. Why, why not? If I can help my family, I mean, maybe I'm going to work in a TV uh, channel and yeah, I, I act as myself, so I'm good. And then the Sunday after, uh, there was the choosing of the 60 people, the 60 uh, finalists that were, you know, gonna be in the TV for like the next other two weeks for the final. Okay. So for my area, there were two people that they needed to choose so a total of four finalists and there was me another girl another italian polish girl and then when was the point of of, of choosing the last one i thought they would choose chiara because they said that they would help us so they were like pushing on saying yeah chiara you're gonna go to the final no worries no worries and she was like really believing it well the when i remember getting up in that stage with the other two girls, they called the name of Roberta instead of Chiara. Okay. And from there, well, I realized that everything they said was a joke. Like they were joking us for some reason, probably to see if we would understand or like, I don't know. But anyway, they chose Roberta instead of Chiara. And I can say Chiara is much more fitable for the beauty contest than Roberta is. There, I realized that first, I was scared because something, I couldn't speak. I couldn't say nothing. And I didn't want to say nothing because that person ran everything in Italy and I had my family to take care. And, and anyway, I, I didn't know what I could have done. I was feeling bad that my friend had to go back home we we I kept going till the final day, and then I left, went went back home uh, home and back to school. So whatever happened in the party, you didn't say anything to your mom, to your family. No, no, no. Okay. So what happens? You come back to school, you come back home with your family, friends, and then one normal day, you suddenly realize the news and the media are saying something about you and everything changes. What happened then, Amra? Yeah, I started uh, to come back uh, at school around September 
And then in January of 2011, mm-hmm. I get in, in, my, in my classroom and I see everyone being very, very serious and silent when I got in. Because I was a little bit late, so I got in last. And everybody was watching me. And it was very, very weird. I still feel like weird right now. And one of my f- best friends in, in the classroom uh, uh, came with a newspaper and opened up a page. And on the page there was right three beauty queens um, involved in the uh, sexual night of the prime minister house. I was like, okay, I don't know. I read it like a few times. And then, I don't know, I just felt like I had to say something. And I started with telling the story to, to the classroom's uh, mate and and I didn't know anymore what to say. I was like, it's not true. I was there two, three hours of my life and I left. I don't know, from, from that day then, the media just crushed me and started saying I was an escort. I had paparazzi harassing me at school, trying to take a photo of me. I don't know, from that day, I was still a girl that went from the finalist of Miss Italy to ah oh, probably she got to Miss Italy because she did something. And I was like, no, <laughs> if I would have done something, probably I would have won that contest. Yeah. And then I met this lawyer at the time that she wanted to help me and my friend to get back our names. We told her what was happening and she was of the opposite party of Berlusconi. So I was feeling that she could have helped us because she would not be uh, corruptible. Yeah, she wouldn't have any interest. Exactly. And, well... On his side. Yeah, on his side because he couldn't buy everyone. (laughs) And anyway, yeah, we started this fight that uh, is still going. It's still going after eight years, you say. Yeah, after eight years. so just like we were saying to the audience, this person owns the entire media, he's in politics, he's the prime minister of Italy, so you can't win there, right? Everything is against you, and you're just a child, I mean, almost a child. So do you feel like everything is ruined, your reputation, your life is just starting, and after everything you went through with your family, and you had to take care of your family, basically, because you didn't have any money, and so when you started modeling and everything like that, you started helping with the money and everything. So what happens? You feel like, you know, my name is ruined, so did you leave Italy right away? Mm, Well, no, I didn't leave Italy right away. I wanted to finish my school, my study, because I was like six months to to finish it. So I graduated and then I decided to move somewhere else because my city was too small. Everybody was knowing me and knowing this false story and whatever. I couldn't even like go to a, a bar or see my friend somewhere that somebody would go into me yeah. and ask questions. Gossip. Gossip. <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah, I moved to Milan. Okay. I, of course, changed my name from Ambra Battilana, that is my real name, to Ambra Gutierrez. Okay. That uh, is my mom's surname. <laughs> okay. 
Well, I, I changed that and then I went to Milan. And Where did you live there? I yeah I got lucky because my aunt was there. So okay. yeah, I went to live with her and she helped me a lot because of course I had very bad low moment like depressions and and part like that because of all the things were happening but i always wanted to like find a way out a solution to to the problem in some way what were your motivations in those moments of darkness always my family your family always my mom always my brother giving the impression that i was fine because of course seeing your mother suffering is something that would kill me so mm-hmm. I kept strong for that because I want I didn't want it to yeah make my okay. my family sad. So I I changed my name, I moved to Milan, I start modeling. I got signed to Elite in in Milan at first. And yeah, well, I was another person. And I started working there for about like 6 to 8 months. I had um I got signed in an agency in London and I moved away knowing very little from English, I, I just moved to London and I tried to escape from that reality. Okay, so alone, just by yourself? Yeah, by myself. Okay, so you go to London, you get signed for another agency. I guess like you said, right, the motivation of helping your family uh, because you know what happened with your father years behind, like going back to when you're, this was when you were 14, what year was that? Mm, I have an idea, but yeah. Six or something like that. So. I just want to know, I don't know if you want to disclose this information, uh, but if you'd like to tell a little bit about why he left, if there's something else you would like to tell us about that. Yeah, I could explain uh, something about me um, that probably not many knows. I don't smoke, drink, or use drugs because it's something that my father was doing. Okay. And uh, he was really, unfortunately, addicted to, to drugs. And then at the age of 14, we also discovered that he had um, another family. So, yeah. See, I didn't know that. I was just asking and (laughs) I just discovered something. Unfortunately, he was like uh, one of the worst people I could have met in my life. So I decided to get the best out of it. So it was doing the opposite of everything was doing. Yeah. And uh, yeah, till now I don't drink, smoke or use drugs. And that was, let's say, also a relief from not having him home because he was also sometimes um, violent toward my mom and it wasn't like a nice uh, memory of him. So let's say I was happy he left, but of course he left us on, on some problems, but better those kind of problems than having him home. Yeah, so just so that everyone knows that behind this fashion modeling world is not just parties and going out <laughs> and drinking and, you know, it's no. not like that, right? Actually, um, you have to be very serious with this kind of job. Otherwise, if you get lost, uh, like yeah. everything, it doesn't work. And you live a really healthy life. We were talking about that before as well. Okay, so after London, uh, when did you get to New York City? After London, I got an agency then in Paris. So I was doing London, Paris. Okay. And I couldn't get to to New York till 2014. 
because I had the trial in Italy about okay. the Berlusconi thing that mm-hmm. I had to follow up every two, three weeks or something like that. Do you like still that. have to follow up on that? Sometimes I have to go back to Italy, yeah, okay. to, to go there and be present because right now it's high, starting the civil lawsuit. And of course they damaged me with saying that I was a prostitute and whatever else. Yeah. So right now I have to be, yeah, well. <laughs> yeah, like taking your name back or- Yeah, taking you know, my nerve back, building. my reputation and, and all the da- damage that they caused me. And um, suddenly then the case in the, at the end of 2013 uh, was won on my side. Okay. So they declared that everything I was saying was the truth mm-hmm. because came out also from other girls and came out from like some phone, when when they listen from phone calls, okay. what you know, people are saying. Because yeah. the news found out me and my friend went to that party because they saw the phone calls of the other people talking about us. Okay. And so they reported my name and her name in the middle of the others names as well okay and anyway we yeah from from paris uh, at the end of 2013 then uh, f- i i get to meet my my agent uh when i was uh, there the mm-hmm. agent that i have here right now in new york and i have a casting with him and then he asked me to come to new york and and i was happy because that's something I really wanted to do, see America. Like everybody was speaking to me about it and they said, it's beautiful, it's amazing, it's the land of opportunities, you know? And the back thought in my head was like, I hope they not, you know, know everything <laughs> because I, I was very afraid. Of course, also with my ex-boyfriend, I was telling the, talking about it and he was like, don't worry, you know, the, the truth will, will come out. and you know, just keep going. You know, everybody was telling me this. Also, me and my mom, just keep going. Uh, the the truth will come out. Everybody, like the truth, always come out. That's why we're here. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Well, I kept going, and then in 2014, I got to New York. I was so happy. I started to work. I got like regular clients and everything. And the agency asked me to stay another month. And then, of course, I had to go back because I miss my family. And before, I used to go see them like every two, three weeks yeah, because I was close. Yeah. I was in Paris, on, in London, and I had to go to Milan every time. So I was just passing by. And then after two months here in New York, I go back to, to Italy. I felt a little bit, I don't know, empty. I was feeling a little bit of, of, of worry on, on the fact that I don't know it, till what point I could get to do this job because my reputation is ruined anyway. So maybe some big brand would not get me because my, my name is damaged by all these media that are talking about me as I'm, I'm a prostitute, that I'm not. So yeah, I started to getting into depression, very, very deep depression. I was thinking that nothing is going to work that um yeah this is in 2014 that is like end of 2014 okay then i i just wanted to like push myself and you know i kept going again so i said okay i have to go back i get to uh, on my feet and i go back to new york i go back to new york and i come here around end of no yeah end of february 
for start of March. 2015. 2015. And I'm feeling new and happy again and, and full of, of hope. Can wait to see what's going to happen. And then uh, something happened at the end of March. And that really, really put me down. <laughs> okay, so let's go back a little bit. So let's remember that in 2014, when you came here to New York, you left after two months of working here with the agency. You went to Italy, and then you went back to being depressed, and you know, this happened to me, my name is ruined. But then, like you said, you decide to, you know what, let's go up, and life goes on. You come back to New York, and like you said, something happened. Uh, you can go into as much detail as you want. I don't want you to feel uncomfortable, but I think it is important that the audience get to know you and get to know uh, your side of the story because it's something that changed your life. And I think the worst part here and something that is important to point out is that even though you had proof somehow of saying, you know what, this happened to me, you were being blamed and somehow you were forced into exile. So you went back to saying, you know what, I'm depressed again. What am I going to do now? So like I said, you don't have to give 100% detail. I don't want you to feel uncomfortable, but share a little bit about your experience and share a little bit about how did you go through it and what made you say, I can't keep going and no one is going to take me down. Yeah, I can say that everything is public knowledge, so um, people can research about it. And uh, another thing that I can uh, clarify is that, um, fortunately, from from uh, whatever happened in my childhood with my father and seeing the um, the the thing were happening, that my father was sometimes also hitting my mom, and and I was reacting to it. So sometimes I was getting hit as well. Um, something that really traumatized me. So for me, physical touch is something really, really bad. It's, it's a problem for me getting close to people, especially if somebody is uh, romantically involved with me. So that was something a little bit heavy to to go through. And anyway, um, yeah, as I was saying, it's a public knowledge, so people can figure, find out about this but as we were saying I had to leave from 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 New York and I went to leave one year and a half in the Philippines where um, yeah I got back to feel better but the month after that March of 2015 I started to gain weight it was 25 pounds heavier and of course I couldn't model my mental uh, status was breaking down. I was very anxious and I kept eating and I didn't want to do nothing. I was really another person. And of course, uh, yeah, my, my brother came to get me for the first time. He did a very long flight by himself because I couldn't even like think of doing my luggage and leave. I was really depressed. Like I was just saying in my bed and eating. So from there, my my brother I have to say thank God he is there for me always. He came to save me. So he took me out of here, and together we left and went to to the Philippines. And I started to get back to healthy lifestyle, turn on my 
spiritual side, I, I start to see things as, you know, this happened to me because of a reason, maybe. Maybe there is a why, you know, this bad situation, it's, it's happening right now. And I start asking myself why. And in the meantime, I start healing in, in the same way. Because also, when I got there, I saw people being in a worse situation than me. Like, I saw kids sleeping on the street. I saw <coughs> women, men, homelesses and not having jobs and couldn't, like, know what they're going to do the next day. So I started really getting back on my feet and say, you know, I can just get myself in truck because I have opportunities. Why am I thinking that I'm the main thing in this world? I'm not. I'm here for a reason, and the reason I figured was that I can help others. I can have the worst ever problem, but you know, like these people doesn't even have food, but they will share food with others if yeah. if they can. So just get up and react, do yeah. something. And of course, I saw my brother there every day, and I had to take care of him. That was my main, main, main thing. So I started to run, to work out. It was so hard, so hard. I remember <laughs> because, like, <laughs> you know, it, yeah. it's a challenge. Yeah. And uh, after all of those very amazing brownies in New York, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I kept going, eating healthy. I, I I work out and and I start to like really try to get out of this depression. I taught myself new things. I tried to do things that I've never tried before. I went uh, wakeboarding. I went surfing. I went to try every kind of sports you know I could have think of, and and then I start to really feel different to see a change to feel happy you know in some days yeah again and from there I I, I started living again and when I felt better I came back and it was February 2017 okay and I tried to work again very low-key I have to thank so much my agency here in New York they always stayed with me in the worst and um and right now I'm, I'm super happy about everything that I'm achieving thanks to them that I always been there and also my stubbornness <laughs> probably <laughs> because I was always there and thinking okay I want to do it I'll try Definitely, yeah so no because I think that and you can see uh, I gotta say this to the audience since I met you you can see that Ambra is a person that where, where she puts the eye and in Mexico we say where you put the eye you put the bullet so like you can totally see that if you want something you go for it and yeah. not just that I had to say and not because I'm your producer but also because it's just real we were talking about how you can go to bed in peace and that's the most important thing you're good with yourself she is humble and she has this light that she's just you know you just want to be her friend so and i'm not saying this just because you know she's your host but it is truth and i think you can hear it in your voice and you can this is not like you said this is public knowledge we're not making up anything this is real you can go to google research everything you want to research and everything that we're seeing here that you went through it is real yeah and you're here at um do you mind disclosing your age 
Yeah, I'm 26. 26, just 26. And look everything that you went through now what you're achieving here in New York. So just a great example. And we're just really, really happy and thrilled to have you here in Univision. Thank you so much, Daphne. I'm happy I met you and that I'm here doing this amazing experience. And yeah. fortunately, I would be able to help others with sharing this story because that's the main thing. I mean, I'm not gaining much. I'm, I'm actually very shy person like in about my family and about my my life I don't really speak much about it but I'm doing it because I want to mm, you know inspire others to think that it's not just how I show it on Instagram that everything is good there was like some difficulties that I overcame and and that helped me to form the person that I am right now and everybody at the end are normal people with feelings and you know but experiences and everything so just be kind every time to anyone you never know she well, could look maybe the most amazing model actress or you know successful whoever but you never know what happens so be always kind don't attack others you know if you feel bad about something inside yourself try to work on it Try to do something that would change that feeling. Don't hurt others. That's the worst thing you could do because at the end we are all connected together. Like if you hurt someone, it, it's going to hurt you. And um, yeah, I mean, uh, reaching to, to the end of what I have to say, yeah. uh, this is why I'm doing this. I'm trying to change the world a little by little. Yeah, no, and that's amazing. Um, I think it's good for the audience also to know that they can reach out to you. We have an email address in our words at univision.net in which you can send your stories. If you feel like you feel identified with Ambra, you just want to say hi, you want to wish her the best to kick off the, the season of her podcast, or you want to share your experience. If you went through a difficult situation in life, you can share with her. We're going to be, well, she's going to be reading uh, your comments at the end of each episode. We're going to choose one of them and you're going to share it, right? You're going to share the experiences of our listeners because like you said, it is important that they know they're not alone and that you're here to also give them voice. Yes, exactly. I want to give everybody voice. Everybody matter. Every experience matter. So I wanted to give this platform to everyone that think it could be helpful to others. And, and so I'm here for it, giving you a voice. Definitely. Okay, well, I'm just going to say goodbye. <laughs> uh, to the next episode of In Our Words. I'm so happy to be here with you all. And thank you so much for listening. Boost Mobile tiene una gran oferta para que aproveches tu reembolso de impuestos al máximo y te mantengas conectado. Al cambiarte a Boost, recibe un 50% de descuento en tu primer mes de datos ilimitados. O, con un plan ilimitado de 40 dólares, llévate un Samsung Galaxy A15 5G por $39.99. Obtén los mejores teléfonos en las redes 5G más grandes del país. Con Boost Mobile, cambiarse es fácil. Solo visita BoostMobile.com. Boost Mobile, sin miedo al éxito. Para clientes nuevos y solamente en línea, requiere Garopay. 50% de descuento en el primer mes requiere un plan de $25 dólares al mes. Aplican otras restricciones. Visita BoostMobile.com. Este abril te invitamos a nuestra feria virtual Univisión Contigo rumbo a la universidad. Conéctate virtualmente con representantes de colegios y universidades en la costa este. Desde Nueva York a Florida, aprende sobre ayuda financiera, becas y otros recursos para continuar tu educación. Regístrate para asistir y para la oportunidad de ganar una tableta. Te esperamos en Univisión Contigo rumbo a la universidad del 3 al 9 de abril. Regístrate ya en univision.com diagonal universidad.